shit on me. <laughs> Episode four. Yo, partying is not allowed in here because you get it on the fucking mic screen. <laughs> That's what the screen's for, baby. Yo, good thing I brought extra paper towel. <laughs> it's not our first rodeo voice. <laughs> All right, episode four, we're ready, mimosas are poured, spills are cleans. Bruce, you doing all right after that? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, the good thing about wearing sweat clothing to everything I do is that it just really absorbs spills right away. <laughs> it's like brawny, you know, right on my legs. Greg, we feeling all right? Nothing like a champagne shower with your boys on a Sunday morning. Oh, it's perfect. Very it very is Prosecco, however. I want to note that. Prosecco straight from the springs of Norwalk, Connecticut. <laughs> the, <laughs> the springs. Below the bottom shelf. The, the finest chlorinated Prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a very special episode today. We're going to be taking you down to the North Florida forest of the Spirit of Suwannee Music Park, where Suwannee Rising happens. It was one of the greatest festival experiences for me in my short concert-going career. I don't know if that's just because I haven't been to a festival in so long or it truly was that good, but we're going to find out today. Yeah, and today we'll also be accompanied by the organizer of the Suwannee Rising Music Festival, Paul Levine. We're going to talk a little bit about his journey through the scene and his career as a festival organizer, and we're also going to hear from those of you out there who we were lucky enough to meet and talk to on the festival grounds. Well, since Marta, quote, lost, end quote, my plane ticket, I sadly was stuck back home, so don't mind my bitter comments sprinkled through Greg and Joey's reminiscings. But we'd like to remind you that we will be doing the same types of interviews at every show we go to, so get your stories ready because we want to hear from as many of you as possible. But before we dive into the chilly waters of that Blackwater River, let's check out what's going on in the news. All right, sports fans, Fantasy Goose is back and better than ever. We've got a whole new game, a whole bunch of new prizes, and a lot more new players. Uh, this is coming on the heels of pretty incredible season with over 300 unique players nationwide. The guys have a whole bunch of new songs, a whole bunch of new covers, and uh, I think the game's going to be pretty competitive. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm excited. I'm currently ranked number four as of the recording of this episode for this season, so I'm going after the championship hard. Yeah, I'm a little sour that Russo didn't accept the four list that I sent him. <laughs> One know, submission only. In different names. Yeah. I've done it in the past, and they didn't get accepted then, but I thought this would be the time. Um, now, now that we have the podcast, I mean, I know. why else do it? Where is my influence? Your, your four submissions were just like things that rhyme with your name, so it wasn't really, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't really that clandestine. One of them was really just a Madonna playlist that I had, so. Burning up, burning up, burning up. I didn't get up. any points from that. Eight burning ups in a row. So we've got a pretty cool uh, surprise for the winner of this season. Check it out on our social I'm not going to say exactly what it is right now, but this is something that we are going to be competing for that will live in infamy forever in the Goose world. Fantasy Goose leveling up. Yeah, there are no friends in this league, too. No, so. no all competition. Yeah. Leave, that, leave that community kindness at the door. Yeah, Don't play from the heart. You can go see that PH band from Vermont if you want that. <laughs> Nonsense. Never heard of they it. They don't even have a fantasy game. <laughs> They're boomers. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and on the heels... Of our hot episode three release, sizzling, uh, deep cover, which if you didn't listen to, you should go back and definitely listen to it. I mean, you learn something. Almost as good as episode two. It's, Almost. Uh, well, nothing can live up quite to episode two that we released. <laughs> but uh, there's actually a new Facebook group for uh, songs that you think Goose should cover, and you definitely should join that. And feel free to spout off any nonsense covers that you want in that group. Because uh, Elgus is off limits now at this point. <laughs> After two months, I think uh, we've had maybe 2,000 posts about covers. So we're trying to alleviate the uh, the flood there. So they're not going to cover Sublime. Give it up. <laughs> oh, my God. If they do, I will give it up as well. And also be sure to check out the separate Facebook group about songs you think you should cover that they've already covered. Oh, we, because... oh, we already have a subgroup of the subgroup. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we'll see a lot of people in there. Can't wait. <laughs> Imagine how many good bands there would be out there if all the people who were committed to making troll groups just, like, took up a new hobby, like, instruments. <laughs> that would be a lot of work, though. <laughs> yeah, that's rather yeah. just type a complaint. Uh, I'd rather just talk into a mic, so. No offense to all of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, next up. Not many people know that our favorite Frenchman, from Petit Lupin, has an evil twin brother named Peter, and he's in a band called Fachon. 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 We watched a Norwegian linguist tell us how to pronounce it. It didn't seem correct. Yeah, that O with the line through it, apparently it's pronounced... Tongue on the back of your bottom teeth, folks. That's That's how he told us to do it. Um, And they just released a new song called That Thing About You. Check it out. It's already added to Bruce's Late Night Pleasure playlist. Um, So be sure to check it out across all your streaming platforms, as well as the music video that's up. Yeah, speaking of songs Goose should cover. Playlist is called Quiet Storm. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, it is private. You can message me directly for that link. It is three minutes long. (laughs) You'd be able to tell by the lewd pictures of me. That's on Spotify there. You can see it. Silent Storm. Cool thing about the video, uh, Peter plays a mango as percussion. I saw that. Was that a mango? I thought it was a potato. Well, let's 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 ask Ben. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Ben! Oh wait, no, he's not on the podcast. He's too cool for school. I I'm, guess. I'm pretty sure mangoes are just orange potatoes for Ben anyway. Yeah, that's that's it's an orange potato for me as well. <laughs> not very cultured. Everything's a potato. <laughs> what is fruit? Um, so it's uh, it's in this uh, mimosa. So we also have number of shows coming up very excited about that so um maybe by the time this is out we'll already have seen the frederick shows go down in maryland um but we also got charleston in tennessee i'm super excited about those will be my first shows in a while and we got streams for all of them so definitely check that out the live streams are pretty pretty affordably priced uh which is real nice and then uh it just gives everybody an opportunity to go see these shows i love the live streams now five night couch tour package baby bye 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 the good thing about this too is uh if you buy the whole package through live by live i think you'll have a full week to uh to rewatch the shows if you buy a partial package three days to rewatch but uh you know i'm sure after frederick we'll want to relive the memories day after day after day it's live by live not live x live Depends who you ask. Okay. Yeah. That's new. It's a May. <laughs> it's special. I just try not to say it. Yeah, it's for sure. I try not to say it, really, because I don't know what to, what to call it. Right. So I'm just right. like avoiding it completely. The streaming. Maybe it's live times live. Live times live. Yeah, exactly. that would definitely make the most sense. <laughs> Distributed property. So stick around, stay tuned, because we are giving away one of the exclusive Spring Tour prints, if I can get close enough to the band to get one. Is that a, is that a jab at me? <laughs> we lost your plane tickets again. <laughs> yeah, you know, I really don't blame Marta for that. It's HR. They've had it out for me in the Goose organization since day one. So... I don't know, you know, it's lost. Are you even an analyst anymore? I, I, I've got it again. I've got to take, take that up with the organization. <laughs> Let us know in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll be right back with our interview with the Paul Levine. I'm a little bit too much of a super fan. Security is tight these days. Yeah, especially for some. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going down the pathway with the one and only Paul Levine founder of Purple Hat Productions. Uh, He welcomed us to Suwannee for the first time, Goose's first time in Florida since 2017. We had a blast down there. Paul, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, It was great, man. And thanks again for all you do. I just want to lead off with that. It was certainly an amazing time going down there. I'm sure a lot of the people in the crowd haven't experienced a concert, let alone a music festival like that in so long. So I just want to kick it off by saying thank you so much to you and your team. Um, But to dive into things, I feel like a lot of people know you from your helpful Facebook posts, at least I do, about the Suwannee group. I know this was a unique festival, so people had a lot of questions, and you were really helpful in answering all of them. Um, But I wanted to give you the opportunity to give us a little background on yourself, who you are, how you got into the scene, and most importantly, how you got into organizing festivals. I got started in the scene just going to see Grateful Dead concerts and then sitting at my in my dorm room at college trying to figure out how to get the Grateful Dead come play at Lehigh University. (laughs) (laughs) That led to putting on small shows and I lived in Aspen, Colorado for a period of time and was involved in opening up a little cafe that we had a stage and we started having shows and I loved the restaurant business but you know once I got the music business in in my blood you know that I knew that's where I wanted to be. And so we started uh, doing more shows, and then we started putting on festivals. Uh, this was back in the in the late nineties, oh, right. you know. And then I 
ended up coming to the uh, coming to Florida to help start an organization that was putting on shows and outside of Tallahassee, and finally found my way to the Spirit of the Suwannee, where I've been putting on shows since 2007. Um, so you know, Paul, we've got to ask the obligatory kind of pandemic question you know with in spring 2020 once everything started shutting down you know what was your reaction to all of that and was there any effort uh from purple hat or from anyone that you were working with to put on um festivals in 2020 or did you just kind of start pivoting and planning for what a safe festival could look like in 2021 everybody was at least at the beginning was kind of of the mind Oh yeah, a few months and everything will kind of go back to normal. Yeah, you know, or maybe by the fall everything's going to be. You know, nobody, I don't think anybody really knew, and none of the you know forecasts. Well, I shouldn't say none, but nobody was predicting that it was going to take as long as as it has, right. um, and so it was more of a. We were kind of more on. Um, standby to maybe try to do something at the end of 2020 to push Swanee Rising from April maybe to November, mm -hmm. you know, because we Florida has the benefit of good weather in a lot of months, other places don't. We figured, all right, by then things will be under control. We didn't announce anything. We uh, we just, you know, we told people that you know we're monitoring the situation. And we're going to do whatever whatever is safe. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So. It, it was probably, you know, late in the summer um, that we we realized, you know, that things are going to be different, that we're going to have to start thinking about canceling things even in 2021. Um, you know, that's when we started making moves. Yeah, um, I mean, it was my first time down there at uh, Spirit of Suwannee, so I wasn't really sure what to expect. I was talking to a lot of people who go frequently, and they were telling me about a lot of the differences between what the festival normally looks like to what it looked like this year. For people who didn't go or have never been, can you walk through some of the changes you guys had to make? Obviously, there were the pods, but like stage locations changed, and you know maybe the bill there had to be a few less bands on it. You know the the location of where we had Swanee Rising, you know, is isn't even a place that we've ever had a concert before hmm. in in the park um, it was uh, the reason that we chose the location that we did was normally that area is the main entrance like if you come to Halloween you would drive through that field and get your get your credentials and then go go into the campgrounds that's it's outside the campgrounds proper of the park mm -hmm. um, but it's massive yeah it's a huge a huge field it has a very gentle slope about it um and uh it allowed us to you know when you're trying to do a socially distant show and make people safe the your biggest ally is space yeah um you know and so you know we used inside the the venue there's wonderful places to have shows but to do the, what we did with the pods and keep people safe and you know separated like we did, um, it was going to be more challenging. And so we we thought the best thing for this time was to to make that pivot and take the path of least resistance and you know just um, use what use the use the land that we had and, and it, it really did work out very well um, in terms of you know our you know, the, of, of the vision of the, of, of the, of the venue and how it, how it was executed and how it played out, you know, really worked out really well. So we felt wonderful about it. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about transforming that field that had never been used for conservators. I feel like there's so much now that we've been talking about it so much on the podcast too, separately, that there are so many places that were n never music venues. They were wedding locations or just farms that are now becoming music venues. Um, so, I mean, the adaptability, I think, to the people in this scene, the people who really just want to put on shows, I think is a great testament to how dedicated everyone is, including the fan base. Well, I mean, look, you know, putting on shows, for lots of people, the way they got started was, you know, was doing parties. Yeah. You know, and trying to, try to, trying to figure something out out of nothing. Um, and... 
and making something happen for people. And, you know, so I think in our business, we have some of the hardest working and most creative people in any industries, um, you know, that are always looking for ways to figure how to figure things out, how to make them work and how to make them better. And so, you know, that part was actually a lot of fun working with, working with really smart, smart people and trying to figure out how to do it the best way possible. So speaking of, of kind of working with the team and getting it all together, um, let's talk a little bit about some of the acts we had at Sewanee Rising. Can you talk us through your process for selecting bands and how you, how you organize the schedule? Well, we had, had canceled the 2020 version of Sewanee Rising, but it was a, you know, we had a great lineup. You know, Phil Lesh was on it. Um, Black Pumas were going to be joining us, um, you know, and we weren't able to, you know, to come back and do the same thing that had been canceled the year prior, but we, you know, we tried to fit in some of the, some of the bands that had um, been scheduled to come in 2020. And we tried to, uh, we wanted to bring in, you know, cause you know, Phil Lesh was not, it wasn't the right time for him to come out and play a show. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Pumas couldn't do it. And, um, you know, so it gave us a great opportunity. We, we, we wanted to do two things when, when Phil and, and the Pumas couldn't join us was, well, we wanted to, um, we wanted to bring back uh, somebody that, you know, that our audience that's been coming to see shows in the spring for many, many years at the Wani Festival or other events, Swanee Spring Fest or Purple Hatter's Ball or whatever. We've had a lot of shows or a festival. We wanted to bring back park favorites, but we also wanted to introduce the park to, um, to some new some new talent and uh, some people that hadn't been to the park. And so we were really thrilled um, that we had an opportunity um to invite Goose to be a part of that in Humphreys and, and Lettuce, you know, so we, we had a good mix of, you know, old-time park favorites um, with with some uh, some new folks. We were also able to, you know, have from the 2020 Swanee Rising lineup, you know, Mark Lettieri mm-hmm. and Delvin Lamar. It, it, so it was a combination of, of those elements, trying to, trying to bring those, you know, to make good on our, you know, uh, past promises to have certain acts and, you know, the ones that we weren't able to have for the show, but we're, we're looking forward to finally having them at the next Swanee rising or Halloween, you know, it, it, you know, one of the really horrible things about the pandemic for us was, and for a lot of the artists was, you know, for people, for, for a lot of bands playing at the Swanee's is, you know, their first time is always a special, special time for, for folks. And, a lot of people were really disappointed that they couldn't do it, so we look forward to making good on those promises down the road. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a definitely. lot of great acts, though, anyway, on this bill. Oh, yeah. It was just Rising. I mean, yeah, it was one definitely of, awesome. One I'm almost, like, thankful for was uh, Soul Live was supposed to play, but Eric Krasno kind of pivoted, and we got Chapter 2 this year, which was unbelievable. That's cool. I mean, outbreak. You'll hear audio clips from me at the show just obsessing over Chris Laughlin on set. Well, that I'm, was amazing. <laughs> Big sexy is, uh, yeah. <laughs> is, is is park royalty. Um, we uh, you know we had the Bear Creek Festival at the park for many years. I don't know if you heard of it, but it was a you know it was a funk centric festival. And okay. So, um, well, that's know, where Big Sexy belongs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I th- you know, we I think we did that festival for eight years and. Let us played the last seven, and no, Chapter Two know. played it several times, and um, you know, So Live and Carl Denson and Galactic and Dumpster Funk and oh, yeah. New, Ma- New Master Sounds. It was based George Porter. It was based in a lot of that kind of music, and yeah. you know, with with other amazing stuff included. But it was it, it had a lot had a kind of a jam cruise. It, it was considered kind of the part of the Holy Trinity with Jam Cruise and uh, Jazz Fest for funk lovers. <laughs> and uh, so it was a lot of fun, and, you know, being able to have the opportunity this time to have Chris and Chapter 2 come back. 
it was just the right really good timing for it chris chris i don't know if you know this but he he had some health issues and actually had to be resuscitated oh, wow, uh, less, wow. than, less than less than two years ago so it was like a Damn. incredible thrill to see him even yeah play music. and with so um, much energy too on stage i mean that's his whole I mean, other than the fact that he rips on bass, the fact that he's up and dancing and his head's going back, I mean, that's why I just... Big smile, big smile. Oh, always. So, so Paul, um, you know, every time we crossed paths, you were you were on the go, um, really working hard backstage, um, and I'm wondering how much time you had to check out music, uh, specifically at Suwannee Rising, and who some of your favorites were from the weekend. You know, it's not like this is a Goose podcast or anything, no. so don't feel pressured to say no. Goose. But, yeah, wondering what you liked. Well, you know, I'm a music fan at heart. You know, for a show like that with so few acts this year, you know, we were able to really um, handpick and curate a special, special show. At least we thought so. So, you know, I was so excited, really, to see every to see you know all the bands, but. For me, uh, seeing seeing bands I'd never seen before, you know, Mark Lettieri was just incredible. You know, I've seen him with Snarky Puppy at the park mm-hmm. and other times, but never with his trio and inspiring. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know the vibe walking on stage with Goose. You know, it, there, all the way through um, the experience, um, there was so much fresh energy. Um, from the Goose community, uh, you know, that really seemed to combine really nicely with the Suwannee. You know, a lot of, I'm sure plenty of them are part of Suwannee family as well, but some of them aren't. Um, so I'm sure there was some, uh, a good number of people that were making their first trip to the park because of Goose. And, and that was really, really felt awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely included in that group of who went down to Florida specifically for Goose and was just elated by the rest of the lineup as well. You know, Carl, Carl, Carl Morris and Ethan Berlin and Ben Baruch and the yeah. team, team Goose. For for a little while, we we tried, I think, last year to, to invite them and didn't work out for whatever reasons. So we've been talking about it. Um, and this just turned out to be really, you know the kind of perfect opportunity for for that to happen you know uh we can't can't wait for them to play on the amphitheater you know that's yeah. that's next <laughs> um yeah. but but just the i felt like everybody because of you know the circumstances of the pandemic everybody that was out there it was like they were seeing their first show again not just Goose fans, but everybody, you know. And so bringing those communities together and the awesome show that Goose played was really exciting. You know, it, uh, there was a good number of the Goose management and team that was at, at, at the park and was really great to meet everybody. You know, it was, it was refreshing, you know, to see everybody, everybody was really working together seemed like everyone's having a great time experience the park and once you get that feeling at the park you have it as soon as you drive on the site yeah that's true Every yeah time. that's awesome yeah um, you know and paul it was unfortunately one of the ones that that couldn't make it down for these shows at, uh unlike craig and joey um but you know i've i've heard so many good things about the park itself at Suwannee and all of these events like Suwannee Rising, uh, Resonate that's coming up. Halloween is an absolute fan favorite in the community. People love it. Um, And so what I wanted to ask in your opinion uh, really makes this park so special and these events so beloved by the community. It's the campgrounds. It's the site in a lot of ways, the venue, the um, it's, you have a combination of of cabins, um, upgraded campsites. You got 800 acres of primitive camping, on, most of it under wow. trees and shaded, um, and and a long tradition of people coming to a lot of different shows that that have made the park their own and made it feel you know call it home. And so you have this combination of this incredible venue with these people that take it personally 
<laughs> yeah. You know, if, you, if you disrespect the park, they take it personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, you know, you got a, 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 a ton of people that it's their favorite place in the world. You know, it's For sure. where they where they feel like they're at home. And so when you have that at this beautiful venue, and the campgrounds, and a group of people that feel that way about a place that they go to, you know, when that combination comes together for weekends like this with fabulous music, we don't always do the most popular music out of the park. We do the best live music, and that's our goal. Um, yeah. To give people the best time and the best experience, and that translates and what happens in the campgrounds after music, before music, whatever is always special, you know, the, in the blue, at the bluegrass events we have, and at all shows, but, you know, after hours, there's incredible jam sessions in the campgrounds, people playing music together, and, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we, Rising last year, Lettuce and Ghost Note ended up jamming at a campsite acoustically, you know. Oh, that is and, awesome. You know, like, you know so yeah, stuff well, like that happens. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's awesome. It, it's just been an accumulation of incredible experiences and memories over the years and the venue and the people together. Yeah. Um, yeah, that connection, yeah, that connection, Paul, is palpable um, for someone like me from the outside that hasn't hasn't yet been able to go there. I, I just see it all the time online, and um, you know the connection between fans that that go there and the connection between those fans and the park itself. It, it, it's so visible, and, and and it's really something incredible. I remember my first day there. People kept talking about like you have to see the river, you have to go to the river, and I was like, okay. So I went twice because at the, my first time was just amazing. I went back to my campsite with my friends like you have to come tomorrow like we have to go swim in the river we saw a, a proposal at the river as well as the end of andy frasco set which we'll listen to i got a good interview with uh the happy couple what just happened here well we had a uh, beautiful uh, engagement here of mr mr poop shoot canale and wesley roll right here um a lot of that uh was spurned from the love uh, of this goose last night everybody uh, Got a lot of people here that lost their goose virginity. Everybody who lost their goose virginity. What'd you guys think of it? Still not walking right? Kind of walking like a goose. Yeah, so. You guys come to the river often? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is our stomping grounds. Donatello Gucciano's home base right here. We love it, man. That was a great show. Long live the goose, baby. Yeah! Can I ask you guys a couple questions, if you don't mind? Anything, man. All right, why did you choose this place to propose? Well, Juan, we, all our friends, we, like, she drove me here when the first time we met she had she was in another relationship and she drove me here and we were best like we just connected really hard and i waited actually like two and a half years yeah until like we connected again and the first time we kissed wedding and we were we actually he got married here at the chapel and yeah. oh yeah and i had been out and finally she was at that wedding and i was she was single and i was like yeah i'm in love with you like <laughs> I've been in love with you since the day I met you. Like, I just can't wait to tell you. Man, that's great, man. And then it just kept going from there. And, you know, her family's actually weirdly from Live Oak, like, way back. Her grandmother, her grandfather. Uh, so the spirit is uh, yeah. in you already. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, congratulations. And Sweetwater, baby, way down upon the Suwannee River. <laughs> Then, you know, they've been singing about this since the 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, congratulations, guys. Thank yeah, you, it was nice meeting. Thanks for doing this. Thank All right, you. good luck, guys. Have fun. Yeah. Have fun tonight. And then someone else was telling me they saw someone, you know, spreading somebody's ashes on the river. So it really didn't hit me until I saw it, until I sat there and really experienced the whole river. That like, wow, there is this kind of mystical feeling that you feel like from way back in the day when people used to come here and have these massive experiences, and the fact that. That's the feeling we get at live music a lot, that you combine those two, both nature and the campsite and the live music. I mean, it really, you know, gets people to a place that, you know, it can change their lives, clearly. It's, it's, um, it's, and it make it's back to really very primitive, you know, kind of, I don't know, 
just people getting together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's 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 people people will come to Swanee regardless of who's playing at a festival. They just want to go hang out with their friends in the woods. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's sure. a feeling I get from a lot of the fans of that part for sure. <laughs> it's true, and you know you combine it with with a with a top notch lineup. You know, and and it's not just the music. You know, fans that love it like the the bands love it, right? And so if you got you know, add that to the element, you know, and like shows like Bear Creek are rising now where, you know, we're going to keep on booking it in that way. And, but a lot of people, a lot of these folks are, end up being friends and we, we book people to stay for two days and then it ends up being a lot of cross pollination and, you know, and new projects are founded or people sit in with each other, whatever. And, you know, when, when the, when the artists are feeling the same way that the fans are about a place, the opportunity for magic is, exists. Doesn't mean it's going to be magic, but it might be. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, one of the things with Goose too that I've always said to people is that man, when they when they feel comfortable at a venue or an event, uh, they they just play lights out. And I've seen that too with other bands and other events that I've gone to and destination festivals and things like that. When the bands are comfortable and and loose and, and feeling good, it's just it really makes for a spectacular event. Yeah, like Lettuce has played. At the park, probably they probably played close to forty or fifty shows. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, oh, damn, I didn't realize. Yeah, I mean, in, I mean, at Bear Creek, they played two shows every festival. They oh, usually play okay. two two shows at the shows when we book them. Um, and, you know, let us people at the park just can't get enough of them. Yeah, oh, yeah they're definitely. fabulous though. They put on a fabulous show, and those guys are cool as hell too. Um, I met, great. yeah, I've met Jesus before. Luckily, uh, at holidays, he was the man. I know Ben's a huge fan of Adam Deitch and they've, they've, they've gotten friendly over the years. So yeah, it's yeah. just a cool group, man. And they, they really crush. And to see them back with Krasno this year, that was, I think my second time seeing lettuce with Krasno, oh, that's cool, which, uh, I think they opened with reunion, which was like a nice little moment. The, uh, He's back. They, um, well, that, yeah, I guess I didn't finish what, you know, my favorite performances of the weekend, the little chapter two and, you know, and the lettuce set on Saturday with, with Krasno and Laughlin. Yeah. It just had a, it just reminded me of some incredible moments that we'd had in the park over the years and, and, you know, at Jazz Fest or other places. And, uh, you know, it was very special, you know, with Chris Laughlin there too and like Jesus and Chris playing bass together. It was so great. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, if you haven't listened to their set yet, um, their Saturday set, the Let Sanity from it, Chris does this amazing bass intro to it that I was spinning. It was so good. And then they just go into it, like the horns just pop in. So go back and listen to that, to all the listeners. Um, it's incredible. Yeah, it's a killer set. So, the, I mean, the greatest part of the weekend for me, I don't want to go through this whole interview without mentioning the crew and everyone who worked um, on the site. So the safety squad was the coolest security team I've ever experienced. I mean, they were just so different from everyone else in that they're not trying to limit what people are doing. They're truly trying to help people out, keep them safe and keep them having fun. So I really want to stress how great all the volunteers were to me, my friends, all my pod neighbors. I was just wondering what the, I guess if you want to call it a training process or what you would tell them each day before they go out to patrol the pods. Well, you know, the safety squad was something that we decided we needed to do once we decided to do these potted events. We started off with some smaller shows, some Bluegrass, Larry Keel, and Crested. We did a show with Dumpster Funk and O'Teal for Mardi Gras. Mm -hmm. um, and what we realized was, you know, that the people coming, they, they want to do what's necessary to get live music back. Yeah. Yeah. They want to do what's necessary to get people back to work, by and large. Right. Um, they, you know, I, I, I started realizing that wearing masks and all that kind of stuff, you know, if you take the politics out of it, all it is is just, hey, this is what we got to do to get people back to work and see live music. You know, is it really that big of a deal? Yeah, right. it's not. Definitely. This is what we got to do right now, and I can go see music tomorrow. Then, then strap on a fucking mask. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. I bought yeah. some comfortable ones just for that purpose. <laughs> Wear them as long as I need. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and no big deal. Really, you know, yeah. and 
it's it's not easy putting on a show during COVID, and uh, the setup was not easy. And um, you know, the, you have to. We determined is that the you know the bar for success during COVID is to give everyone the opportunity to feel safe. Yeah. That we had provide that we could provide a venue and a layout that people could be in their pods. They if everyone if they follow the rules, they absolutely could have been safe. Yeah. Um, and then it does come down to some personal responsibility. At some point, sure. you have to. You know, you can't. I can't control what you do when you're, you know, walking around. I can't do that. But I know that most people were going to try to follow the protocols and because they want people to go back to work and they want to see live music. And so most of them are predisposed to following the rules. But, you know, you add some intoxicants into the mix <laughs> and what have you and a long day in the sun and people, people might forget to put their mask on when they leave their pod to go to the bathroom. Of course. Or they, may, they may see their friends and grab them and pull them into their pod because they want to give them a hug. And it might be, you might have more than six in your pod for a second. You just, you know, you know what the safety squad was there to do was just to, if you forgot your mask, to give you one. If you had too many people in your pod to remind you how to count. Yeah, Yeah, and with with the community like the jam community which is usually very anti-authority and you know will push back against rules i feel like there was this freedom given on the campsite of like you're saying like we're not going to force you to do anything but as long as you're taking you know your neighbor's health into account like everyone was pretty much following the rules everyone in lines for the bathroom were pretty socially distant even though there weren't markers on the ground so it was really refreshing to see this community like you're saying like look out for each other say we just want to come back and we'll do whatever's necessary even without necessarily having rules forced on us or you know being scolded for not wearing a mask or anything like that so it was really refreshing from you and your team to just have that freedom but also have it still be safe I think, you know, the whole strategy of, like, the safety squad comes from from the hospitality side of things. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. Um, yeah. it, you're not getting approached by a security guard. Right. Right. Absolutely not. Right. You're um, not unless you had a glass bottle. There, somebody, you're getting approached by your peer. They had a, a vest on that separate, you know, that marked them. But we tried to make, you know, the intention of the safety squad was to be fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they were dancing just as hard as anybody in the audience. They hadn't seen music either. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like you said before, I mean, it's just it's just having that re- kind of that respect for people. Like, you know, like when security can come down hard on people, it's going to naturally have people be like, well, well, you know, you know, F off, I'm not going to do that. But when you have people that are actually respecting the fact that, hey, maybe just somebody made a mistake. Maybe just somebody forgot. Yeah, maybe it was somebody was out in the sun all day and just accidentally, you know, stepped in their friend's pod and wasn't really thinking about the restrictions because they're just kind of like absorbing that they're back to life and just respectfully talking to them and, and telling them. Hey, and sometimes you don't believe in it, right? Yeah. yeah. So they're they're, they're going to try to step over the line maybe and go see a friend and have too many in your pod. Okay. We're there to remind them you're not supposed to do that. And, right. yeah. and it's not like we're yelling at them. We're just reminding them. Oh, it's so know, much more effective. And and, and and then they have the choice to, you know, do the right thing. You know, hopefully, you know, there was only, I, I don't think there was more than one or two instances when, when guests were a little bit out of line with a safety squad member, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, but there was, you know, of course that happens. Yeah. In any event. Yep, it you does. people yeah. that have a little bit too much to drink, but whatever it is. And, and um, you know. But, but this was incredible. I mean, I thought for certain that the hardest night of the weekend was going to be Saturday night yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. with Humphreys and, and Friday night. I, you know, Deuce's set was kind of at the time of the day. I think if they played later, um, we could have had the same you know, challenges. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who knows? Uh, <laughs> But the audience was better behaved Saturday night during Humphreys than Friday night during Big Something. And I attribute that to the safety squad doing a great job and and the guests doing a great job of working with that that crew. 
and our crew, you know, so, um, a lot, a lot to feel good about, honestly, in that regard. Yeah. You know? I mean, and for sure, I heard nothing but good reviews really. I've, I've, not heard any kind of complaints from fans that it went and especially fans in the ghost community they, they love the entire event so Absolutely. it sounds like it went it, off without a yeah. hitch it felt like a festival yeah you know that, that's awesome <laughs> oh yeah you know it, it wasn't just a the drive-ins had been fun but this one really felt like a festival yeah i almost prefer the yeah. pods now yeah i'm short there's no tall guys standing so in front of right me way. i can dance yeah, yeah i like it well, i i think that there's a future with pods mm-hmm. absolutely you know not the whole venue, but right. certain part, you could, um, it's all it is is reserved seating. Yeah. You know, you, you know, people just need an address. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and a, a way to get somebody that's being a douche out of their space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Give them a little private rail yeah. to ride. I, and, think uh, every, I think everybody likes that once in a while. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's on the rail when they have their own time. Um, so, so <laughs> Paul, I'm wondering, you know, outside of, outside of Suwanee's beautiful space, um, what are some of your other kind of favorite concert venues nationwide um, that you would recommend to, uh, to some of our listeners? That's a good question. <laughs> um, well, lately, uh, St. Augustine Amphitheater around here has mm-hmm. been, been doing a really good job, too. You know, it's kind of a in-forest kind of vibe, you know? Um, nice. You know, I haven't been going out as much as I used to. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> you know, one of many. You know, everybody needs to go to Tipitina's, see some music in New Orleans, um, Blue Nile and Tipitina's and One Eyed Jacks and Preservation Hall and all those great places. Yeah. You know, it's Jazz Fest weekend right now. And, you know, a lot of us are feeling it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's already on now. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm missing. Uh, yeah, Jazz Fest 2014 was like I, I was fell in love with New Orleans. Then that was my first time there, and it's, it is an incredible city to see music. And definitely, if you well, haven't, you have to. I mean, Jazz Fest is uh, amazing. Yeah, for me, is like the the mother of all things. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is something else, man. I've been to a lot of festivals before that, and it was. It was just, it blew my mind. Yeah. The whole city's a festival for like almost. Well, that's, that's, that's what it is. Uh, it's not the, the festival itself is ridiculous, but it's over at seven. It's like, yeah. You still, got, you, still got, you still got dinner and six or eight hours more. Of music. <laughs> yeah. Music till basically four. People are like getting on at four sometimes. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. Oh God. Oh uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm tired of thinking about it. Seven in the morning. <laughs> yep. You know, you know, seven in the morning, string cheese incident outside playing on top of a bus. Great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, boy all stars, you know, Carl Denson always would, his shows would always end, end in the daylight. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Jazz Fest. Miss, miss, you know, you know go, New York City, you mm-hmm. know, I miss, you know, this year, miss going to see uh, some shows at Madison Square Garden at the mm-hmm. Beacon. At the Beacon. Yeah, yeah, these are our stomps, yeah. Yep, yeah, we're um, reporting you live. Know, and, uh, <laughs> I see there's a great new venue in Connecticut, which is... Yeah, we are so excited about the Westville Bowl. Um, you know, that's uh, we we grew up pretty close by. Uh, I saw Venus Williams play there in 1998. Uh, so really, really excited to, uh, to get there and see what they've done with the space. I think they just started this weekend with uh, Government Mule. Um, yes, yeah, looked looked great. Yeah, I went to boarding school in Tampa. Oh yeah, so I, I, I was. Uh, Hope for good things from the state. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. No, I mean, we're, we're still hoping. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're yeah. waiting on it. But this is definitely a good uh, a good improvement, though. Oh yeah, sure. um, Paul. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, great to learn a little bit more about you, including how to pronounce your last name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we can't wait to get down to Florida and see you guys again. Um, so. Do you have any words of advice to leave our listeners with as we dive into a summer of music? Well, just one thing before we go. Sure. Yeah. I, I wanted to give Ben a shout out for kicking ass with Humphreys McGee. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was psyched, dude. Humphreys is one of my favorite bands growing up, so it was really a special moment. They adapted yeah. so well to that. I mean, 
honestly like a shit show that was just thrown at them headlining a festival and their key i mean my favorite member of the band sadly couldn't be there and they still crushed it was an amazing set i mean yeah there's another example right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know we our, our people overcome, you know? Yeah, <laughs> they do. Definitely. A lot of creative built people can yeah. adapt, you know? Uh, you know, Ben did, Ben did a really good job. We were, you know, I was, I was, I was thrilled, you know, he, you know, he obviously reviews on Freeze McGee and, um, he looked like a kid in the candy store. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen a smile that big from him. Maybe, yeah. That's maybe, great. Maybe yeah. Ever, that's ever. great to hear. I ran into him at the uh, food trucks, him and his girlfriend, Sam. Uh-huh. And like, he had this look on him that like now looking back, it was like, Oh, like I have to go on stage with Humphreys soon. Like, <laughs> yeah. and he's just trying to put that together, yep. which at the moment I was like, all right, like there's something going on. Yeah. But... Yeah, yeah it's, cool. probably, it's probably more intense than you realize. Oh, okay. for sure. I, for I would sure. not be able to handle no it. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was nervous just watching. Um, well, yeah, again, Paul, thank you for, for everything that you do, I think, on behalf of the whole community. Uh, you know, we, we just are so thankful that uh, you and your team were able to work so hard to provide an incredible experience for all of us. Um, you've got a whole bunch of new Goose fans who will be back in the park for years to come. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. It was really uh, great to make a connection with the team and um, and look forward to many, many uh, more chances to uh, do great things together and down the road. For sure. Yeah, and I can't wait to get down there myself, man. But thanks a lot. It was a great conversation today, Paul. I really appreciate having you on. Yeah, thanks so much, Paul. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks. December 9th, 2017, Dundon Brewery in Dundon, Florida was the last Goose show in Florida before Suwannee Rising. How? Who knows, you know? Uh, And fast forward a few years, headlining set at one of the most beautiful, beautiful music parks uh, in the country. The guys kicked it off with what, Joey? Uh, They opened up with... Uh, not what was planned. It was supposed to be Jive 2, but they chose to do a little audible once they got on stage and went into Lead the Way, which, Bruce, what do you think watching at home? Leading the Way with Lead the Way. Leading the Way with Lead the Way. Very surprising. band's full of surprises. (laughs) Uh. Strong start, good jam. Um, You know, Lead the Way, then Doc Brown, and even into Jive 2, I feel like the guys kind of shook off, you know, five months of not, not playing in front of people. Uh, but really sure. kind of locked in by the time they hit time to flee. One notable thing about Jive 2 uh, kind of changed the arrangement around. Yeah, so Ben started going into this double time a little bit but they're over mm-hmm. Peter's organ solo, which can we talk about the Leslie speaker a little bit and the improvement to the sound that that made throughout the entire show? Yeah, it definitely sounded great, and that a little bit speedier jump into the jive Two jam was a surprise definitely to everybody listening i mean i was streaming on darren's stream we were watching and people in the chat were like oh yo what's you know what's this this is definitely a different way of of handling jive Two than than i had heard either and it was really awesome i mean um when i was coming here you know it was funny i was listening to that jive Two started picking up speed right when i had this Maxima SV roll up next to my Fusion, had a Florida plate on it, you know, and I was like, this this guy's never seen the four cylinder EcoBoost, so we just went, I, I just took that Arkansas, I was just like pedal to the metal, I lost miserably, I don't think he even knew we were racing, and I lost because the, it doesn't have a lot of pep the Ford, but uh, the the Jive Two had a lot of pep. Zero to sixty in ninety seconds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after Jive Two, hit a time to flee, uh, you know. 
Sounded good. Always love time to flee. Yeah, I expected a green river uh, as a nod to the Swanee River, but the alligator reference, Florida, it was there. So we got something. It works. It yeah. works. Time to flee jam wasn't bad either. It always a cool kind of jam vehicle these days. Yeah, yeah, and it it does. It goes, it goes in different directions. Yeah. You know, um, Gun Street Girl, Tom Waits tune. Last time played. Uh, March 21st, 2020, live from Tease. Um, they crushed it, you know? Yeah. S- slow, laid back, swampy, if you will. Yeah, I was going to say, that darker vibe with some of those songs, it's right in their wheelhouse. Yeah, definitely. And if some people, I saw some fans got to see or at least hear the sound check, that was one they played at Soundcheck. It was really cool. Um, did you get to see the sound check? I did. Um, luckily, you know, I started a podcast about this band, and they said, hey, you can stand at least 100 feet away from us and watch our sound check. And uh, Joey bragging as usual. Yeah, you know, not the only one who knows the band anymore, you two. So you have a different podcast because this one's not about Goose. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah no. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, followed up with Turn Clouds. Classic. Love, love, yeah. love Turn Clouds. Always, always. And I think, like, it's just, it's a vibe. It's a little bit different. You have the second line uh, style outro. Like a good kind of switching of gears, you know, to show people what what the band can do. Yeah, definitely. From time to flee to Gun Street Girl to Turn Clouds is is kind of, it's kind of a wide spectrum. Yeah, when you, when you really sure. look at it. But uh, Turn Clouds is definitely any any time they drop it into any set, it, it's it's a welcome song. Something I've always wanted to talk about with fans with Turn Clouds is: Does anyone else miss the Moon Cabin version where in that build up they go up instead of do like that breakdown? Like I'm not saying I want that every time, but like. Once live, I would love to hear that I, version of I it. I have again. actually seen people comment on that on the boards. I, I could even name names. I'm not gonna, but I've seen people comment that, and oh, uh, you know, it's 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 a notice. It's a notable criticism, you know, or like not even a criticism, but just something of note. But yeah, definitely people have mentioned that, and uh, I guess yeah, the band just decides to take a different route live with that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I mean that is one. Like, I certainly I think miss some of the original kind of tracks or parts of the tracks that, that turned me on to the band. But it is it is cool to watch how these things evolve live. Yeah, um, and speaking of, of how things evolve, we got an All <laughs> I Need into Jive Lee. I, I mean, probably my personal highlight uh, of, the, of the night was, was these two into one another. Yes. Uh, most notably for me, Rick's tone had a little bit more grit, and I think that can be attributed to the fact that the guys traveled with instruments, uh, but you know things like amps were backlined, and so Rick was playing a different amp. I believe it was a Vox tube amp, not the normal Mesa that he plays, and there was just a little bit more bite. And oh, so uh, that's why they had the different amps. I didn't even. Yeah, it's different amps, yeah, different okay, amps. Yeah. yeah, and it's like that. There's a little bit more bite. I think it's really noticeable. But seamless, seamless segue into Jive Lee, and that like that was pumping to close the set. Yeah, those two songs going into each other. I like you said that was a highlight of the show. But something during that All I Need jam, I noticed, and I noticed this several times throughout every show I go to, is their ability to build tension and release that tension, and then go right back into more tension and release it higher. Like that's what I was most excited for. For a huge new fan base down in Florida who most people hadn't seen them before, as you could tell by the mass amount of sound the crowd made when Peter asked who's this first Goose show. Um, so that, I think, is the reason I fell in love with this band. So many people love this band so much, and what they do best is that tension and release. And I think most people, and I was obviously listening from home, but most people I feel like feel like that All I Need Jive Lee segment was probably the gem of the show. Plus, a couple things that I noticed that with that all I need, the first jam, um, the hand drums sound excellent. Yeah. Excellent from Jeff. You can hear them loud and clear. And really that whole the whole rhythm section and percussion, Trevor, Jeff, and Ben are like locked in so tight on that first jam section. It's sweet. Um, and you wouldn't th- I mean, Jeff has very supple, soft hands, you know, <laughs> gentle to the touch. And you wouldn't expect that. He was hammering on those drums. And then that that second jam is cool. Kind of keeps up that tempo. That's where you hear a little bit more of the darker and a little bit more of the grit from Rick. And then it just leads so seamlessly into Jive Lee. You almost think it's like maybe still the All I Need jam until you really catch the chord changes and stuff. And it's like, it was sick. It was really, I even noticed it just listening in my car on, on my way for dinner, you know, that night that I was like, this is awesome. Let's take a listen to that right now. Uh, we'll listen to that transition from, from Need to Lee. Uh, obviously, it won't do the whole thing justice, but the show's uh, available on Bandcamp and Nugs. 
Whereabouts from? Uh, Knoxville. Uh, Knoxville, but I live in Texas right now. Okay, we're in Texas. Texarkana. Texarkana. Yeah. Hot spot for jam bands. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, how many times have you seen Goose? It was my first time. Uh, it was my first time. One thing that you loved about it, one thing they could do better. Oh man, they are incredible. It's every jam that I've wanted Hi, so far. Baby. They're super tight. Um, I wish the vote, just from our seat, I wish the vocals were up just a little that's bit. Why, I'm not going to tell them. Yeah. You know, they don't yeah, listen. That's, that's, that's more a Sam Bardini. That's more, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not that's a, a Sam you know, you know, yeah. Um Man, you know, just like, just do, keep, keep doing what you're doing because it's like, it's obvious that they're influenced by a lot of like, you know, bigger jam bands like Fish and Humphreys and all that, but they don't like take that route and just go with it. They're not like, we're going to be only we're Humphreys jam band or, you know, we're just going to fucking yeah. melt minds, man. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. melt faces. That's, that's right, That's dude. what we're talking about. Joe, no you got any questions for these lads? I mean, so you guys were supposed to see them on their spring tour with Pitch Playing Ping Pong opening for them, but it sadly got canceled. So how long you guys have been just building? Have you been listening to more Goose as the time has passed? Oh, man. So I watched the Rockefeller Center show. I've been watching every YouTube show that I can get my hands on. It's like I wake up for work, and that's one of my go-tos just to kind of get ready every morning. So it's just been a constant build ever since that show got canceled. Um, yeah, so Bonnery was doing this kind of like live stream thing oh, yeah. a few oh, months yeah. ago. And yeah, I, I like was playing it over the speakerphone or speakers of my uh, job, yeah. and they were fucking turning on full throttle. I kept like, what's going on? What is this band? And yeah, it's Does just... everyone still work there? All right, well, thanks to our fans from Suwannee for their okay analysis of the first set. <laughs> now we'll continue with the second. Obviously... Something that we love to see open uh, any set, but a great second set opener with Wisteria Lane. Start off a little bit slower maybe than usual, but they got right into the groove, sets the vibe, sets a great vibe for the second set, so always love to see that as an opener. Yeah, it was a great like reset button, I think, coming off that hot jive lead to be like, all right, set two, we're coming back down the mountain, let's climb it one more time. Right, yeah, for sure. Right from there, we went into Inside Out Spoon Cover. Uh, last time played was Bingo Tour, and I think only... Like one other time in 2020, they played it in San Fran. Really good to hear Spoon. Yeah, definitely. And next up, we had my call for the opener of the show confidently, but I failed, you know. But eventually they played it. It was great for this Florida crowd. Flow down. Had a great jam in the beginning, as it is one to do. We had a little bit of a tease, too. What was that tease, Greg? It's a river lullaby from The Prince of Egypt. Mm. Hmm. Is that like a Disney movie? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought a different bird band covered Disney songs. Well, you know, it's, Disney's it's for everyone. Common trait for yeah. bird bands. Uh, <laughs> some would say it's for the birds. Uh, next oh, up, God. Arcadia. Yeah. <laughs> Arcadia, out of nowhere, um, you know, there's some, some photos circulating on the, on the interwebs of the original set list. Arcadia was not on the set list. Called an audible, uh, and they played a smoke in Arcadia as the rain started. Yeah, great audible to call also you know you, you hear they play arcadia obviously a lot they always seem to crush arcadia and uh when i was listening back to this set you know you get out of float on you get into arcadia like okay and then it starts rolling and i, I kind of was lost and i was like oh my gosh this this arcadia is actually ripping and it's really subtly one of the very good arcadias that they've played over the last i don't know probably year of shows it's, it's really up there oh yeah definitely and i think a great showcase for peter's clav too I, this song every time they play it since he got that thing i get so psyched when i hear him really just start to crush it on there I mean, peter sounded great this entire show so really really good show for peter yeah check out uh greg's interview with the bands running down their rigs a little bit during soundcheck yeah yeah you can socials. check that out on our socials on instagram we got a lot of back up behind the scenes shots but i also was able to sit down with rick and talk a little bit about why he chose that Arcadia Audible. So why don't we take a listen? We're with someone who's dressed up like Rick tonight. He looks a lot like Rick. Um, it seems like Arcadia was an Audible. It seems like a Bill Belichick level Audible tonight that brought the rain in. Why did it happen, and why do you not want to do it ever again? I'm not going to say that. No, stop. I'm eating. Don't worry. You should talk. I'm eating. Okay. <laughs> You're never going to get used to it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get an answer soon. Well, That's one? Oh, my God. What's number three? Oh, my God. I haven't heard that one in a minute. Oh, shit. Are you singing? What? Are you 
singing right now? Right now? Yeah. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Mr. Matt Campbell is here with us tonight. Thank you so much. So insightful. So insightful, you know. I never would have thought that's how the band functions. No, yeah, that, and you know, that was how he sings, too. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Um, next up, we have Rosewood Heart, one of my favorites. Uh, I think kind of like a, I don't know, I feel like Rose, people need to put a little bit more respect on Rosewood Heart's name. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it came to prominence with a lot of fans when they, uh, Crushed that jam at South Farms. At South yeah, Farms. It, totally yeah. unexpected, too. Always a longtime favorite of mine as well from the band. Really great slower song. And it just, they never expected them to take that jam out to places that they did then back at South Farms. But I always love hearing this song. I think the placement in this part of the second set kind of cool it down a little bit after the float down Arcadia. It, it was a good, it was a good spot for it. Yeah, it was definitely one of those valleys where they started to come down a little bit and the rain started to pick up and they went right into Masquenado, which usually if I saw it on the set list, I wouldn't necessarily miss it. But this jam just got me so hyped. I was dancing so hard in my pod. What'd you guys think about it? I was moving. I was moving. I was loving it. Um, you know, I, I'm like, I love Masquenado, but also yeah, so do I. I do yearn for like every rosewood to go 25 minutes yeah. um, so yeah you know if they did that to themselves you know yeah that's, yeah you know. <laughs> set the bar too high for themselves right. that's uh, their own fault uh and after after mosca nana uh we got we got the slow ready i'm hashtag team so ready so anytime slow ready gets ripcorded i'm cool with that oh it's funny i'm quitting the podcast uh because <laughs> i am team slow ready till i die till the death but this was a stunted Slow ready. Yeah, the reason I'm team slow ready is because of that second half jam. Most of the time to see Getty's laser beams, but I got cut off from that, and I wasn't upset about it. Like, let's be honest. I mean, what came next was is my favorite Goose song right now, a hundred percent. Yeah, Empress came absolutely out, tore that shit apart. Came out of left field to yeah. stopping that slow ready and then just diving into something totally different with Empress. You say it looks like rain today. Well, actually, it's it's raining pretty hard out there. <laughs> <laughs> we can see on the stream on Darren's phone that there was rain coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, was, uh, yeah I nearly drowned. Uh, I guess everybody was right with that Incredible, yeah. Incredible way to, to, to close it out. Like, I, I think we're still kind of working on timing. Uh, maybe one day these guys will do an encore. But, uh, you know, either way... The set list that, that they wrote out originally was pretty ambitious. There was a whole lot that they wanted to get to. They had originally planned for uh, a tumble encore. I would have loved to see how that crowd reacted to tumble. But uh, Yeah, butter rum in the place of Arcadia where they put that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Um, but I guess that leaves, us, that leaves us a lot to look forward to. For sure. I mean, you know, people always kind of, Poo-poo. <laughs> poo-poo. <laughs> he never poo-poos anything. But, uh, no, the, you know, people kind of shit on these festival sets, but this was a great one. I think they, they, they tried to go a little bit outside of the bounds of a festival set, slipping in that inside out. Um, just that, that all I needed into Jive Lee was an absolute monster. Great Arcadia, great Empress. So, you know, they gave fans what they want, a lot of new fans what they want, a lot of people who are new to Florida, you know, getting them a good taste of Goose with still giving that uh, some of their older fans like a little bit of some new stuff, some flavor, and uh, some special covers. So I think all in all, really a good set to kick off like a, a pretty long kind of um, uh, sabbatical for those guys. I want to give a shout out to uh, to Darren, Darren Organos, um, for streaming in El Goose. Huge, huge for everybody um, just, you know, at home to be able to catch catch the set. Thank you, Darren, for getting that all set up. Um, I actually was able to catch up with Darren, Jillian, and myself uh, at set break. So why don't we take a listen to that interview? Definitely. Vibin'. Yeah. Darren, as a person who used to stream shows when there was no one there, how does the power feel? It's not about power, it's about sharing with the people and spreading love. <laughs> Big, big, big thank you to Darren for streaming for all of us. We really appreciate it, and we're looking forward to seeing you again on the road. We'd also like to thank our guest, Paul Levine, for joining us today and everything he did to bring all of us together for a magical weekend to kick off what should be an incredible 2021. We'd also like to thank all of you. So we're going to give away a summer tour print. All you have to do to win is listen to this 15-second clip and identify the song, date, and venue. Head over to the Great Beyond Facebook page and leave your guesses in the contest thread. Here we go.
Okay, that's going to be an awesome contest. Great clip. I hope you guys can figure out where we got that from. And I hope the band will also realize how badly they need me at their shows next time. It will remember my tickets. But once again, be sure to look out for all of us this summer and feel free to come up, say hi, tell us your favorite stories about Goose, music, or just how much you love listening to our voices, which I know is a lot. Absolutely. And just as a reminder, The Great Beyond was engineered by Robbie Chemical at Gary's Electric in Brooklyn, New York. On behalf of my co-host, I'd once again like to thank Paul Levine for everything he did to make that weekend possible, our manager, Kathleen Rothschild, and most of all, you, the listeners, for tuning in. Be sure to catch a ride with us next time down the pathway to The Great Beyond. Great beyond.